This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 17th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. New accounting rules are forcing states to recognize billions of dollars in retirement obligations now rather than later. These billions of dollars in liabilities will threaten state budgets and state economies. And when you add Medicare and Social Security, the numbers become mind-boggling. Cato Institute senior fellow Jagadish Gokhale suggests that these staggering numbers have yet to be incorporated into financial market expectations or state budget processes. In any case, he says fixing the problem will require some politically unpalatable solutions. Describe the scope of the problem that states are having with these post-retirement benefits that they're promising to state and local government workers. Yeah, the new Gatsby rule has just uh, coming into has just come into effect, and over the next uh, three years or so, state and local entities will have to report on their books the liabilities on post-employment benefits that um, they have provided or promised their employees. And now, many state and local governments who are uh, estimating how large these liabilities are are discovering that they run into billions of dollars. Uh, the state of New Jersey just reported $58 billion in liabilities to state and local uh, government employees uh, on account of uh, future, uh, that is, post-employment health care benefits. Similarly, New York, Maryland, California, states like North Carolina, have already estimated their liabilities to be in also running into billions of dollars. Now these liabilities have to be paid for somehow, or they have the promises have to be cut back um, in terms of the generosity of healthcare coverage or the amount of uh, uh, benefits you would uh, state employee employees would be eligible for. Uh, that comes all of this comes on top of the existing estimates of Social Security and Medicare liabilities and add Medicaid to that as well uh, since uh, these federal entitlement programs are known to have uh, trillions of dollars of unfunded obligations on on their books uh, even looking just through a limited time horizon of the next uh, few decades say the next 75 years these liabilities just on account of Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare um, uh, exceed $40 trillion. That's not a small number. That number is four times the size of current GDP. It's also something like 12% of all future GDP up through 75 years. So if you're looking at finding resources equivalent to 12% of GDP over the next 75 years, we're really talking about doubling the existing payroll tax rate or nearly doubling the existing payroll tax rate, which is about 15% today, covering just Social Security and Medicare. Uh, And state and local government liabilities on account of post-employment benefits will have to tap the same uh, tax base, that is income, uh, wage income and uh, income from uh, asset earnings that people have. The income tax base will have to serve uh, as a fund for... uh, financing these uh, obligations to retirees in the future. Well, uh, we are assuming that the GDP, the part of GDP that will be tapped, 
to raise these resources will be there, and we can raise 12 to 15 percent of this uh, for paying these benefits. But if tax rates go up, I think currently, including federal, state, and local taxes, uh, roughly about 35 to 40 percent of our incomes get taxed. Now, think about raising the tax rate to something close to 50 or 55 percent. That's going to have effects on people's willingness to work, their willingness to save, their willingness to save within the U.S. rather than taking their capital abroad to uh, escape the high taxes in the U.S. And uh, 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 that means that the assumed part of GDP that we are looking at over the next several decades that we are hoping we can ta- we can tap into to pay these liabilities won't be realized. So there's really a conundrum uh, about how to finance these benefits. How have financial markets responded to the fact that states have had to recognize these liabilities recently? Well, I don't think these uh, reports of uh, massive liabilities coming onto the state's books have yet had an impact on financial markets. We are seeing volatility in the stock market uh, over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, But that's really driven by short-term concerns, the weakness in the housing market, the subprime, uh, weakness in subprime uh, mortgages and uh, housing loans. Once the market stabilizes, uh, we assume that once the credit crunch associated with the weakness in the housing market is resolved, uh, the stock market volatility will recede. But we don't see any impact, at least any identifiable impact on financial markets uh, coming from these long-term liabilities on account of healthcare and social security and other long-term promises uh, that we've made to the uh, uh, large cohort of retiring baby boomers That's the, who are, you know, within a year or two going to begin to enter retirement and begin claiming these benefits. How should states handle this? Well, the GASB ruling requires them to, first of all, estimate and report the liabilities. And they also, I think, uh, have to uh, uh, draw up ways of uh, amortizing them over the next uh, two or three decades. I think it's 30 years. So they will have to figure out how to raise the resources or uh, uh, how to retrench these liabilities or cut them back uh, and provide uh, maybe limited coverage requiring uh, retirees to provide for their own. I think the best thing to do is to uh, uh, announce to prospective employees or current workers that their health care benefits or post-employment benefits are unlikely to be as generous as those promised past retirees, past uh, state employees, and allow them to provide them with uh, incentives to save on their own uh, in order to finance their post-retirement uh, needs. Jagadish Gokhale is a senior fellow with the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Weekly videos are also available at our website, cato.org.